have your attention, please? At this time, I'd like to take a moment to review our boarding process with you. Now, for those of you on the port side, that river town we're passing is frontier land. A few years back, it was no more than a boom town carved out of the wilderness by a handful of settlers looking to start a new life. In this Hall of Presidents, let us pay homage to the immortal men whose illustrious names have been indelibly inscribed on history's roll of honor. W everybody and welcome to the WDW radio show your Walt Disney World information station I am your host Lou Mangello and this is show number 181 for the week of August 1st 2010 I'll open up the inbox this week and answer more of your questions about everything from the rooms at Bay Lake Tower versus the ones at Kidani Village visiting Pixie Hollow in the Magic Kingdom flight to the moon and mission to mars traveling the resort using the walt disney world bus system annual passes for the entire family signature restaurants and the best italian food on property resort specific merchandise going alone and so much more stay tuned for a few announcements and then more of your voicemails at the end of the show so sit back relax and enjoy this week's episode of the wdw radio show So I've always invited you to be a part of the show because I want you to interact and I want to talk with you and offer help whenever we can. So I've asked you to send in your emails with questions about everything from Walt Disney World vacation planning to history, trivia, get our opinions on things, whatever it might be. So you asked, I'm here to answer. And of course, I brought in a little bit of help from uh, from somebody who makes bringing magic to Walt Disney World vacations her business. And her pleasure, since she takes more research trips than I do. She is Becky Mankin, the owner of MEI and Mouse Fan Travel. Of course, they are my official and recommended travel provider and also a good friend. Becky, welcome back. Hi, Lou. It's great to be back again. And, oh, I have to preface this by saying my abacus is broken. So math, you know, could be bad. Okay, so I have somebody with three four-day park hoppers, (laughs) two sea tickets from 1976, and... um, they're a, saying it, it'll be out of the shop in a week, so just, just give me a week and, and we should be good. <laughs> no problem, but I'm actually going to start off, and, and we listen, we have, a, Becky, we have so many questions in the inbox to get to, and I appreciate everybody sending in such a, a great wide variety of questions, too, and I'm going to hit you with one that you weren't even prepared for, so we're going to test and see. You don't have the abacus, but let's see if you brought your A game, because Josh from, Josh from Michigan, really, time is of the essence for Josh, because he says, hey, Lou... And of course, the fabulous Becky Mankin. Is this from your husband? Uh, I love the show. It's the only WW podcast I listen to 
along with one other one, but I like yours better, though. He said it, not me. Anyway, uh, I figured to send... If, see, the reason why I have to answer this because he says, I figure if I send this to you and the <clears throat> other show, one of you might answer it by next April, maybe. Oh, <laughs> so, now I get it. Okay. All right. So he says, listen, Josh says... I hear a lot about how nice the rooms at the Contemporary Resort are. We're DVC members. So I was wondering if the studio level rooms at the Bay Lake Tower are as nice as the rooms over at the Contemporary Resort proper. Also, how does Bay Lake Tower compare to Kadani Village or the DVC villas at the Jumbo House? My family's trying to decide where to stay on our next trip of the world probably late March or early April. Oh, Josh, I had months and months to answer this one, but uh, because you, you threw down the gauntlet, I wanted to get to it right away. So, all right, <laughs> Becky, first things first, the studio rooms over at Bay Lake Tower versus the Contemporary Resort proper. I, I can tell you right off the bat my feelings on this one because, and, I, and I'm sure I think we're, we're in accord because we've talked about this, this in the past. I love Bay Lake Tower. I, I love the design. I love the shape, certainly the location, you can't beat. And those views of those two-story grand villas that, that we're going to stay in one of these days are exceptional. But Absolutely. But when you get down to the studios, it's a little bit of a different story because they try to really maximize the space in there. And while they're beautifully appointed, there's one thing about those that probably for you is the, the location of the bathroom. Because if you sort of imagine a little hallway with your water closet to the left and then the next little sort of alcove has on one side your bathroom sink and as you're washing your face and brushing your teeth and you look up in the mirror you see right behind you is the microwave and the kitchen sink and that's a little disconcerting it's disconcerting it's odd i mean if you just think about you know brushing your hair and behind you you're making your toast it it really is something that's not a good design in my opinion it's efficient i mean it can't beat the efficiency you can wash your face and make your toast at the same time. You'll be there by rope drop, I guarantee. <laughs> That's true. I guess that is the, the positive spin on it. But seriously, for me, if if he would have said one bedroom units, man, th- that would have had hands down Bay Lake Tower, without a doubt. But when we're talking studios, if you're comparing them between the contemporary resort itself, what you're getting in the studio is, that, of course, you've got the little kitchenette area. So you've got the, the refrigerator, you've got um, the microwave oven, which is going to set you apart from the standard rooms over at the contemporary. But I really find that whole – I can't get over how that is set up with the bathroom sink and the kitchen in the same, you know, airspace. Yeah, and, and that, that I think was the difficult part for me when I stayed in there. I mean, certainly, again, the rooms are beautiful. They're very, very well appointed. Uh, mm-hmm. There is something for me, again, nostalgic staying in the tower of the contemporary and coming out of your room and, and seeing and hearing the monorail beneath you and, and sort of, just sort of oh, the, yeah. the noise and the chatter of the people on the Grand Canyon concourse that I really like. Oh, yeah. And the rooms are huge. I mean, yeah. those are really nice size rooms over at the Contemporary Resort. And when they redid their refurb, the design factor that you have over at Bay Lake Tower is carried over. So I, I really do enjoy the um, the atmosphere and the design and the colors and the comfort. Um, I still I like the bathrooms better at, at the Contemporary Resort. I mean, someday we'll have to do a show on bathrooms of, you know, different... Uh, and listen, you're just that many steps closer to Chef Mickey's and the monorail. Yeah, so, exactly. And you know. location, location, location. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, you can't look, you can't go wrong either. But he also asked about Bay Lake compared to Kidani or DVC Villas over at the Jumbo House. Now, I know neither you nor I are DVC members, 
but I believe we've both stayed in, in probably a lot, if not all, of these rooms. And I think he's asking specifically more about the rooms as opposed to location, um, because mm-hmm. we talk about location, and I, I definitely put contemporary over um, Animal Kingdom, unless you love looking out over the savannah. But room for room, how would you maybe compare? Well, I, I will really quickly um uh, correct you. I am actually a DVC member because I go so often. So Are you I really? do. Uh, yeah, I am. See, I'm not because yeah. I'd blow through points in like six days. That's my problem. <laughs> <laughs> but one of it was was so that I could experience it from that level and, and learn how to best use my points. Which, by the way, isn't always. You know, the points are all aren't always the best way to go. Which is why it's good to talk to people like me. Um, <laughs> however. The um, the difference in the rooms again. If you're looking at the studio at um, at Kidani Village versus the studios at at Bay Lake, again room to room, I like uh, Kidani Village better. Location, I like Bay Lake Towers better. So it it really does come down to what the other um, uh, preferences are for the vacation. Sanaa. You're close to Sanaa, ah, so it, there's a big plus for you right oh, there. That is a huge plus right there. And, of course, a lot of people may not want to be in the middle of, you know, the, the Disney hectic-ness uh, that you are right at, the, right at the gates of the Magic Kingdom. So getting away and being there at the Savannah and seeing the wonderful animals and all the other benefits that you have being out of that location has its pluses, too. Right. And we, we talk about the fact that there's different ways to vacation. For some people, it's a matter of getting there for rote drop and getting every attraction in that you can in a single day versus the getaway resort vacation experience. And again, too, you're right. I think that Animal Kingdom Lodge offers that different type. We have to we have to talk about that one day, how I think yeah. different resorts for different seasons, different ways that you want a vacation should impact your decision about where to stay. Absolutely. Uh, and again, that there's a research, there's many research trips. And, and now that I know that you're a DVC member, I'm so <laughs> totally riding on the, uh, <laughs> on the Becky Coates. But anyway, again, again, we had that that grand villa sitting there. It's oh, you know, know. The, the next twenty four hour show in a grand villa. Moving on. You speak about the next one anyway. <laughs> Tom Wretch <laughs> from uh, Minneapolis, Minnesota says, "Hey, kind of a random question, and it is kind of random." He says, "Do you know if they sell the same Toll House cookie ice cream flavor in Walt Disney World's <laughs> Magic Kingdom over at the Plaza Ice Cream Parlor that they sell on Main Street in the Disneyland Cone Shop?" He took his wife and daughter last year on their first trip to Disneyland. She had to have the Toll House cookie ice cream every day. Um, and she's trying to get ready to plan for this year's trip to the world. He doesn't remember that flavor on Main Street and Walt Disney World. Do you know? Have a great weekend, Tom. Again, Becky, this is research hmm. waiting to happen. I, I'm all for this. All right. So he's talking about the flavor, not not the like the Toll House cookie sandwich, right? We're I'm, talking about the... Right. He said the Toll House cookie ice cream flavor. Oh, man. See, I haven't actually tried that. Have you? I, <laughs> I'm going <laughs> to tell you this, Tom, and you can maybe be a hero to your wife. What Boy. I do know is Edie's does sell the Toll House cookie swirl ice cream with mini Toll House cookies and oh. morsels and a cookie dough in like the vat size thing over <laughs> at Publix or wherever your goodings, wherever your thing is. So you want to bring home a couple of gallons of that. Um, y- your weekend is made, my friend. But of course, even though you could take it home, everything tastes better at Disney. And of course, there's the magical no calorie rule that applies, right? That's true. That's okay, true. good. But I have to assume, uh, because of the sponsorship, I would have to assume that the ice cream flavors are the same. Again, if we have to go out coast to coast and double check it for ourselves just to be sure, 
I'm raising my hand like Horshack from Welcome Back, Cotter, <laughs> ready to go. Sign me up. Absolutely. So, uh, Phil, who's Disney Dude 91 on the WDW Radio Forums, has a, a different question that does not involve food. He says, Lou, I was wondering, what's the best time to go to Pixie Hollow Room over at the Magic Kingdom? Thanks for all you do each week, Phil. Um, and now, look, Becky, I know you're a big fan of Pixie Hollow, and I'm, and I'm sure we'll both have the same advice. First things first, it, I would go, if it's very important to you, I would go one of the times is first thing in the morning as soon as the gates open. Right. Exactly. Uh, as soon as the gates open or, of course, during the parades when the, the lowest lines tend to happen because people are running out to the parades. But that first thing in the morning to avoid those 45-minute waits is a, is a good time to go. Right. And you, what you need to do is, you know, before you pass go and collect 200, stop and get a times guide because there it may not open at 9 o'clock. Uh, oftentimes it opens at 10 it does change depending on the seasons, depending on the crowds. Definitely check it out. And then I would get to the entrance to Toontown, you know, 10, 15 minutes before it opens and then go right to Pixie Hollow. Like you said, all other alternative during a parade uh, while Wishes is showing uh, right. as late in the you know day or evening as possible uh, that you can get over there is probably the best time. And Works the, for me. Yeah. <laughs> It would be nice if they had like a Pixie Hollow Fast Pass uh, because sometimes those lines do get pretty long. They do. I remember one of my clients came back and said that they'd actually waited just just a little under an hour one day when they had gotten there pretty early. So it's it's a pretty popular attraction. I go to see Rosetta, but that's me, the garden fairy. <laughs> so. I like Tinkerbell. Moving on. All right. Josh from Sewell, New Jersey, who sent from the official WW Radio iPhone app. Kudos to you, Josh, says... I hope this email finds you resting after your 24-hour podcast. Josh, I'm still exhausted. Thanks for hosting. He had a ton of fun. Uh, but he had some questions regarding flight to the moon and missions to Mar mission to Mars previously located in Tomorrowland. I read online that the attraction opened in 1975, but he's confused. From what he understands, flight to the moon opened in Disneyland in 1955 and was replaced by mission to Mars in 1975. Did Flight to the Moon ever officially exist in Walt Disney World, or was the first theater-in-the-round attraction mission to Mars in 1975? Please, help me clear up this confusion. Also, can you tell me who the corporate sponsor was for each attraction? Thanks for an amazing podcast and all your hard work. The Uber fans really like it. Josh, I'm here to hopefully c confound and confuse you less than you are before, because yeah, Flight to the Moon did open in Walt Disney World on December 24th. 1971 instantly became outdated um obviously becky i'm sure you remember this you were however old at that time the first time man landed on the moon just a few years earlier uh, wow <laughs> <laughs> i know you no. probably never saw the show but you were probably you know witnessing the, the landing on the moon hello dude really <laughs> come on but um, this attraction, which was very popular, actually, it was a D-ticket attraction. It closed on April 15th, 1975, and reopened later that year in June as Mission to Mars. And actually, they, they worked in conjunction with NASA. It wasn't sponsored by NASA. What They worked with NASA when it reopened, uh, had a lot of throwbacks to Flight to the Moon. We're going to have to do a, a full Wayback Machine segment on this one of these days. And then, obviously, Flight to the Moon became Mission to Mars. Mission to Mars became Alien Encounter. Alien Encounter became Stitch's Great Escape. Pick oh, your favorites right. of the four. 
So anyway, Becky, this is this is more up your speed being from the uh, Pacific Northwest where coffee is king. Daniel wants to know, are there any spots in the world to get a Starbucks-esque iced cappuccino or latte? Oh, yes. But of course, (laughs) (laughs) I can hear you smiling. Oh man, there are so many, so many great places to stop and get coffee. Of course, ah, yeah, just so you know, I, yes. people are going to be, people are screaming, going, "There's no good coffee in Walt Disney World because traditionally, Becky, in park coffee, not the best, not the no. best." No, it really does have kind of a, a bad reputation, especially um, at the restaurants and so forth. But there are a lot of of carts in the parks. Um, you can also get a. Starbucks-esque, as he puts it, uh, drink at uh, like the Rider Stop or Starting Rolls at, at uh, Disney Hollywood Studios. Um, there's a couple of carts that I got some pretty decent coffee over at Animal Kingdom. There's also a couple of coffee carts at the Boardwalk. Um, but believe it or not, there's an actual Starbucks coffee place that's not marked as Starbucks, but it's over at the Swan and Dolphin. It's kind of Starbucks light, though. It's Starbucks yeah. light. It, it, it's, it's actual, at the time of, of, the last time that I was there was actual Starbucks coffee. It's just not Starbucks branded. Um, and it's in the, it's a little spot next to the Fountain Restaurant. It does have limited hours, if it's still there. <laughs> it's been a while since I was over there. But once I asked somebody, I, I want a real cup of coffee, and that's where I was sent. And, and um, I got my, my wonderful, you know, triple, non-fat, half-calf, you know, I, you're talking. That's you're talking a whole other language to me. I, I just you can't go to Starbucks and say, "Can I have a medium cup of coffee?" They're like, don't you want a grande mocha frappa latte? Che- yeah. I can't order coffee at Starbucks, which is just why Vente raspberry mocha with two splendas. See, that's all I want, you, and that makes me happy. I just want a and coffee. I just want plain coffee. Would be good so, too. But yeah, so so you, it, it's Starbucks light because you cannot get your frappe mocha loca chino raspberry thing. <laughs> I think it's a Starbucks brand coffee. Uh, but if you're looking for a good cup of coffee, Daniel, two places I would send you would be Kona Cafe for a really good cup of coffee. And if you really, if if coffee is king for you, and you're you know already plunking down your money for Golden Oak, Victorian Alberts get the press pot coffee at Victorian Alberts for the five six hour dining experience that Becky's going to take me on. Right. Wasn't that your turn? Well, we'll get, we'll have to get back to that list later. I just know it. I'll just start, I'm going to have to start paying a listener to like keep track of all the things that you owe me. But I will tell you too, uh, when it's really hot out and you want some uh, cappuccino-esque frozen drink, some of the coffee carts, especially there's one right by um, Universe of Energy that has an iced cappuccino latte frappe thing. Really, really good. Beats the heat, gives you a little sugar, gives you a little caffeine. So Right. And there's a couple also at the Boardwalk Bakery, and then there's a coffee bar at the Contemporary Resort as well that'll do the same thing. So there's there's a lot of options for, you know, a good ice frappa mocha chino raspberry thing. Yum. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Becky, the next question, it's actually two questions in one, and they both actually happen to come from the United Kingdom. Uh, because James Bridal from Leicester and Claire. Eastock from Sunderland, England, have similar questions about Walt Disney World transportation. Let's read James' question. Uh, he's been listening for a couple of months. He's amazed at the quality of the show, loves the DSI and all the handy tips. But one question he has that he can't seem to find the answer to is concerning using the Disney transportation to get from resort to resort. So he has ADRs at Animal Kingdom Lodge, Wilderness Lodge, Contemporary, and Grand Floridian. James, I like how you roll. 
and we plan to be at the parks nearby during the day so we can go for dinner at night. The problem is that because we're going in early December, the parks close early, so if I have a 7 p.m. ADR for the Contemporary, when the Magic Kingdom closes at 7, will I be able to get back to the Magic Kingdom and get a bus back to Pop Century where he is staying? He wants to know if there's some kind of timetable for the buses. Claire has a similar but opposite question because she booked ADRs at Crystal Palace for 8 a.m. for their honeymoon, their very first in-park meal, which I think is awesome. Cool. The park doesn't open till 9, so she wants to know how early does Disney transportation start? So let's take James first about getting around after the parks close on the sure. Disney bus system. Sure. And unfortunately, there isn't a timetable that they print anymore. They did it one time several years ago. But as the service needs change, it shifts based on demand. So um, there wouldn't really be a need to go back to Magic Kingdom, obviously, um, if he's finishing dinner at the Contemporary. Because you can take either the monorail back to the TTA and take a bus back to the resort he's staying where again? At Pop. Um, at Pop, okay. Or if it's really later, you can just take a bus, I'm thinking, um, from the Contemporary to downtown Disney and then transfer uh, to Pop from there. Don't you think? Right. I think you can do the same from Wilderness Lodge as well right. as he doesn't have monorail access. Exactly. And if you stay really late, obviously, you could always take a taxi back if needed. But the really cool thing is that they do a really good job of making sure guests get where they need to go. Right. And for Animal Kingdom, you can literally just run. After eating at Boma, you can just, you know, run across the Savannah to get over to Animal Kingdom Lodge. (laughs) Uh, I kid, of course. The game warden will, will tase you on site. So there you go. And and then of course for for the um, for Claire, in the morning, they always say that the buses begin approximately one hour before park opening. But they also do have earlier buses to help accommodate those character breakfast folks. Um, I I've always had the suggestion made to me by cast members to have people check with uh, the concierge at the hotel the night before, just to make sure that there would would be you know a bus coming through at that time. Um, there's also a phone number. I think it's four zero seven WDW Ride. If you have any questions while you're on property, if you're not uh, you know dial them or to um, talk to the concierge at the hotel if you have questions about transportation. All right, and, and same thing for Claire, too, because she also had questions about, she wants to go see Yeehaw Bob and wants to know about how late the buses run and if she needs to go to downtown Disney as well. So, great advice. Right, yeah. Awesome. Let's move over to Sam Brace, who's obviously from somewhere in Florida because he has a question about Florida resident annual passes that he couldn't find online. He has an, a, an interesting question, Beck. He says, how many annual passes can a Florida resident buy for his immediate family if they do not reside in Florida, is this even possible? Also, for proof of residency, what can be used instead of a Florida driver's license? Would a utility bill work? Wow. Well, they are getting really strict about Florida residents' rates and APs and discounts and so forth. And um, you are a Florida resident now, so you can tell me if I'm wrong here. But I know that you have to have some sort of issued uh, photo ID, like a driver's license, a state ID card. Um, I, I think a voter's registration card works if you have a picture ID. Is that right? Sure. I have a yeah, driver's okay. license. <laughs> <laughs> Florida-based military ID, um, a college university ID, I think, does it as well. But a, a utility bill won't work. They're looking for something with your picture. And uh, it's kind of funny he's asking how many can you get for um, 
for the immediate family who may not reside in Florida, I don't think it's possible. Otherwise, I could e- easily say, so Lou, I live in your guest um, room and can I get a Florida residence AP? I, I think it's one per Florida resident. I believe so. so. But here's the interesting question. What yeah. if you're, I can't remember the family. What if you're John minus Kate plus eight and you have eight <laughs> kids who have no ID and you're like, listen, I need seven more Florida passes for all my kids who obviously have no state issued ID. That is a really interesting question. And I do know that there was something that I saw um, online about the ages that you would have to be to actually present the, the ID. And I'm assuming that would be 16, but I'm purely assuming. So I think think we would have to spend a couple of minutes googling that one Lou. <laughs> like you need to you need to bring like my kid's report card from kindergarten and be like look my kid is five and and obviously lives with me well obviously being the florida resident how did you did you have to prov- uh, provide proof i for my kids yeah uh, i just hold i just held them up to the window and be like look she looks just like me she's mine <laughs> obviously we live you know that's that's a really good question. Yeah, and, and if anybody has an answer to that, especially if you do have a larger family and you're like, listen, I need 16 passes for, what's that TV show with the family with like 18 kids? I mean, <laughs> you know, if they're running to that <laughs> to that issue, come on, having to buy 18 annual passes for your family. Peanut butter yeah. and jelly, kids. We're bringing in peanut <laughs> exactly. sandwiches. No Victorian hours <laughs> for ramen. you guys. Yeah. We're, we are doing top ramen on Sunday. Yeah, I'd love to know if there is some yeah. sort of guidelines that we obviously were unable to find about that or how other people who have may have run into that situation have dealt with it. Yeah. Good question. Very good. All right. Alex Van Driesen says, Hey Lou, I'm going to Walt Disney World with my extended family in August. Alex, I hope they don't live in Florida and you're trying to get resident passes for them. So <laughs> <laughs> he hasn't been there since 2002. So starting to listening to the podcast and he's to hear how Walt Disney World has changed. I was a bit late to start booking ADRs. And now the restaurants my family want to go to are all booked. Is it possible to get a table at a signature restaurant the day of? Also, we'll be staying at Beach Club. Love it. And I was wondering where the best places are to go for a run in Epcot Boardwalk. Alex, running in Disney. Please stay and eat. Finally, we want to eat Italian (laughs) one night. No, now you're talking. Oh, boy. As a fellow Jersey guy, where's the best Italian restaurant in Walt Disney World? Thanks for a great show. Oh, this is good stuff. These are great questions. One at questions. a time. One at a time. Absolutely. Is it possible to get a table at a signature restaurant the day of? Alex, if you believe anything is possible, and absolutely, you can certainly, because many times they do allow for walk-ups. If you call, they'll say they're booked up, but you can walk up to many of the signature. And I've had this happen to me before on some of the very crowded days, actually. Oh, yeah. People cancel a no-show all the time. So you can walk up ask if there's anything available, be prepared for a wait, or it, I'd also check if reservations are, uh, open up early or for later dining hours too, because that typically happens. But they do hold some tables that are available um, up for day of walk-ups. Just be prepared for a possible wait, but it's definitely worth trying. And even if you've called or checked online to uh, uh, Disney World slash dining, uh, or DisneyWorld.com slash dining, um, check again, because again, people cancel, those reservations come and go. So it's always worth checking. Yeah. And, and the other thing too is for best possible uh, availability, try and get there the second the restaurant opens, like at five yeah. o'clock and say, Hey, I, I want to see if we can do a walk up or very, very late into the night. If you don't mind eating, listen, 
if you're well, you're not Italian, but we Italians we would eat at like nine thirty at night. My mother would be cooking dinner, so <laughs> we eat all. That's, I can't wait to get the Italian qu- dining. He does. Question. He does bring up a, a good point though that a lot of people don't realize how important pre-booking the restaurants are at this point. Um, it used to be that you could walk up a lot easier that you could get restaurants when you were on site, but with the um, with the ease of of doing ADRs in advance, and then of course if you're traveling during the peak times and and especially during the dining promotions like free dining and so forth it's really important to try to grab that dining when it opens up as, as soon as you know for those restaurants that you really have your heart set on yeah and now that you and, and again the, the booking online is made it so much easier and you have access to all of your reservations and things like that the only thing is if you book it and you're not going to go please make sure you cancel, cancel it. it yeah as, just as a courtesy to other people like alex who want to take Absolutely. his extended family up all right he's staying at beach club so he wants to know where the best places are to go for a run in the epcot boardwalk area alex right out your front door um, oh, yeah. An early morning jog around the promenade of the boardwalk. And by jog, in Lou Mangiello terms, I mean walking across to the bakery and getting something <laughs> and cough. That's the extent of my jog. But I mean, that's a beautiful <laughs> run, um, especially early in the morning. Oh, yeah. I, I seem to remember, um, and I've seen this online, too, where they've had little maps, actually jogging trails around the Epcot Resort area. And if I'm remembering correctly, there's either two or three different trails that you can take on the jogging paths and one of course is all the way around crescent lake which was that just under a mile i would think yeah um and then of course they've got a couple that take you all the way around all of the resorts which i would assume is about two and a half miles or so but if you um, stop at the concierge at the hotel and ask them if they have jogging trail maps uh, they might be able to accommodate that all right let's get to the important question because he wants to know the best place to eat italian one night and We'll wait to see if the new uh, Naples-inspired restaurant in Italy changes this. But Research. right now, Alex, I'm telling you, oh, totally. <laughs> Il Molino over at the Swan and Dolphin is awesome. awesome. You know, I hear that all the time. And that's one that I have not done yet. So we do need to put that on the radar. We have a date. And I will tell you that that I've I've been there with another woman, not my wife or Olga, for like four and a half hours at Il Molino and had an amazing... Listen, it, it is not just a Disney restaurant. Uh, it is one that was actually voted number one Italian restaurant in New York by uh, Zagat. Uh, the Maskey Brothers started the, the Il Molino restaurants there. Uh, I think the it's a very warm, it's a, it's a wonderful place. They have a, a great uh, bar out front. They now have um, music on some nights uh, out, out in front. Uh, they have... Big tables in the back, so if you want to bring your extended family, there's you know little private areas, a wonderful wine list. The food there is excellent. Um, one of the better meals that I've had on property. Um, it, you know, one of the things that's very beneficial about that location as well is it's not on everyone's radar being over at the Swan and Dolphin. So you might actually be able to get a res easier at that location than you may at one of the on-property resort or the uh, you know in-park places that I'm sure we're going to talk about here in a moment. I know, and I'm conflicted because I hate giving these places away. <laughs> but, but it's only between Yumi and, um, and Alex, and right? Alex, so, yeah. so. <laughs> I'm still holding on and giving away my favorite place to get sushi on there. And don't put me on the spot because I'm not going to tell you. But Oh, come on. Oh, now, now I have it the thing. It is not what you think. But yeah, we, have, we've got to wow. do a, a review of Il Molino. We can just that do appetizers. Even the appetizers and like bottle of wine and... All right, okay. I'll make a res. Parmigiano. Next, next trip. Oh, anyway, okay. Sorry, I'm getting excited and sidetracked. Anyway. So this will be interesting. Then your next one, though, behind that. 
Because there's two that I'm thinking of, and I'm not sure which one I would put in front of the other. It's a tiny little out of the way. Anyway, the next question, <laughs> really nice question coming from Matt Glayen, who says, Lou, this December, I'm going to Walt Disney World with my mom, dad, sister, and grandmother. And I was wondering if you had any tips on things that would be good for my 74-year-old grandma to do. Thanks for any help. Love the show. Keep moving forward. I think that's great that you're thinking about things specifically for your grandmother. And first of all, Matt, she's not old. It's all a state of mind. Uh, But I had a couple of ideas. And Becky, I want to hear some of yours as well. Sure. The first thing that came to mind was something like a nice show, like taking her out to go see Cirque du Soleil one night. Mm-hmm. I, I actually was thinking Cirque du Soleil or act, one of the really great times, he says he's going in December, right? Right. Um, maybe one of the candlelight processional packages where you oh, go to nice. um, to dinner and then go see the show. That might be very a nice. great thing for them to do. Or a sleigh ride over at Fort Wilderness. I mean, if you're going to be down there in December, take advantage of all these wonderful holiday uh, opportunities that, that are available there. Beautiful. I love it. I love it. I actually thought, you know, look, she's 74 years young. So yes. what about doing something like a character breakfast? You know, take her to Chef mm-hmm. Mickey's. Take her, you know, somewhere and have a fun character breakfast over at Crystal Palace. Uh, maybe a nice Illuminations cruise mm-hmm. one night. Uh, has she or- been there before? Is there anything that she's done, you know, in the past? I mean, look, take her on It's a Small World. Take her on some of the things that maybe she remembers. I would definitely try and... Use the photo pass service. Get some mm-hmm. great pictures of your family. You don't know when it may be anybody's last trip to Walt Disney World. So capture some of those memories and make sure you're in it. And that's why I say use a photo pass photographer so you don't have to worry about one of you taking pictures and not being in the family photo. Right. Another couple of ideas that kind of goes along with that is even with the photo pass, you can also schedule a, uh, a photography session for you to have like a family seated portrait in front of the castle or other locations. So that's another idea. Um, or taking some of the shows like the Hoopty Doo for dinner, which would be kind of fun for the entire family. Um, lots of opportunities there for her. And uh, some of the things to consider too, if she does have mobility issues, con- consider getting an ECB rental beforehand just to make it convenient and easy on her. Of course, some 74-year-olds are much more spry and get around better than I do. So, so you're thinking ECVs? I'm thinking yeah. margaritas outside Mexico. So, which <laughs> she can actually get a cup holder awesome. for her for her ECV and put, I, so I, she doesn't I, spill her drink. There you go. Because I was going to say, at 74, I hope to be that person. So you never know. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Let us know. I, I would love to hear back from you, Matt, after you guys go, what you chose to do and, and how she enjoyed it. So Caleb Ruckel from Austin, Texas writes and says, Hey Lou, thanks for the show. All the great information you dole out every week. I can't get enough of the top tens with you and Tim. If Tim listened, he'd be so happy to hear that. I have a question about dining with the meal plan at Walt Disney World. Is it possible to split dishes between two people when on the dining plan? Like using one credit per meal for two people. Most meals are too large portionally for my mother and I. So we figured we could benefit from sharing, and by w- using only one credit between us, we could save ours for the character breakfast that we would like to do. Now, Caleb, I certainly cannot answer this question because splitting my dishes is just not in my vocabulary. So, <laughs> Good point. Actually, I'm not sure that there are any rules about this, but we've not had any issues with splitting a meal on a dining credit. Um, then, of course, you can supplement with cash for a drink or another appetizer, with the exception of a buffet. 
You can't do it at a buffet, obviously, but at table service restaurants, I have not run into any issues with this and, and nor have I heard of any rules against the practice. Exactly. Splitting meals. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> what is he thinking? Well, I, I, I shouldn't say that because when I do dine like with Glenn, we order a bunch. We, we share our appetizers. So it's very romantic. Anyway. Wait, wait a minute. You have dinner with Glenn? Quiet. Sorry. Mike from Needham, <laughs> Massachusetts says, hey, Lou, we recently vacationed at the Fort Wilderness Cabins, which has become the new favorite for my family. I went to buy some Fort Wilderness merchandise and all they had were the generic Disney World merchandise. I asked the cast member, and they were told that they no longer produce resort-specific merchandise, and even eBay has very little. Do you have any ideas? Now that I can't have one, I'm dying for a Fort <laughs> Wilderness t-shirt for the whole family. Thanks, and awesome work on the podcast. Keep the Wayback Machine set to the early mid-80s, please. Mike, <laughs> Mike, you I, I love this question because, like you, I have been longing for resort and theme park and attraction and even restaurant-specific merchandise in the parks and only recently have i started to see it come back and now as far as resort merchandise is concerned i do see it at the deluxe resorts so if you go to the yacht and beach club shot they do have sweatshirts and t-shirts over at bay lake tower they have a great shirt with the monorail going through it so it, it seems becky that what i'm finding is the deluxe resorts seem to have it but not the moderates and the values right i it's a phenomenon that started happening, what, about a year ago that things just kind of started falling off. And the only place that I noticed it was at DVC Resorts. And then, of course, some of the logoed items started coming back. But I haven't seen anything for um, for anything besides the deluxe, such as, as you're saying. And it's too bad it's, because I think people whose favorite resort might be yeah. French Quarter or Riverside are, are looking for that kind of stuff and would love to say, you know, wear, wear their resort proudly much like the beach club. And and like I said too, very quietly, Disney was slowly sort of releasing theme park specific merchandise. So in Adventureland, I found a Jungle Cruise t-shirt uh, just last week on a sail rack tucked all the way in the back corner of a shop in Frontierland. There was an awesome Frontierland shirt that was on sale from $24 to $9.95. And it was great, but I couldn't find one in Tomorrowland. I couldn't find one for Main Street or whatever it was. So uh, so are you saying that, that you think that's something that, that they've put on sale because it didn't sell and they're not coming back? Or are you seeing them slowly come back? Uh, you know, it's coming in dribs and drabs. So the first time I saw one was at Mickey's Philhar Magic a, a while ago. I saw a Mr. Toad's Wild Ride shirt and like this retro wow. Disney shirt. And I was so excited. And then I found a Jungle Cruise and I'd find, you know, I see a Space Mountain shirt every so often. So there's no sort of rhyme or reason that I'm finding, specifically like in the Magic Kingdom, for these shirts. Um, right. And, and to take it a step further, I did notice that over the past few months or the past few visits, that a lot of the merchandise had gone Disney World and Disneyland as opposed to being specific to the locations, which I... I kind of find disappointing because I, I I like to have that unique merchandise. I, I think that that's kind of neat to go and find those little hidden treasures, you know? And I love the, the, the retro Walt Disney World stuff. Um, I actually had a chance to see some concept art for stuff that some of the guys over at the design group were working on. And I'm like, if you can get that off the wall and into the shops, people will lose their minds because it was oh, just yeah. really – because there are a lot of people that work there – that are nostalgic and would love, look, get me a 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea shirt. I'm all over it. I am totally all over it. So, Oh, yeah, absolutely. Especially with the celebrations next year. It, it might come back slowly but surely. Come Hopefully. on. Who wouldn't buy a Wedway People Mover t-shirt? 
I'm raising my hand like Horshack again. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I, like, I want one. I want one. If you find one, buy me one. But yeah, I, I, I agree with you too. I, I prefer the Walt Disney World specific as opposed to the yeah. generic Disney Parks merchandise. Yeah, I do too. So anyway, let's move on because we do have so many emails to get to. Uh, Bill Nail in Douglasville, Georgia says, hey, Lou, I'm going to be taking a business trip. Nice. <laughs> to Florida in the fall. Plan on stealing away to spend a day at Walt Disney World alone. I appreciate the honesty. Having grown up in Florida and being a big fan, I've gone to all the parks many, many times. However, since my wife and I have had children, our trips over the past many years have focused on them. Thus, I've never experienced many of the more recent e-ticket rides, such as Expedition Everest, Soarin', Test Track, Rock and Roller Coaster, Tower of Terror, and Splash Mountain. Bill, I'm sweating for you. My question to you, sir, is this. If you only had one day to spend at Walt Disney World alone, would you try and hit all of these rides in one day, or would you stay in one park and have a more relaxing experience? The section, second option is appealing because you can also visit your old favorites. Thanks for everything, Lou. Bill. Becky, I'm going to let you enter this one first because I'm curious to hear your one day alone. You haven't done the big ones, I mean, in a long, long time. All right. Well, one day, it's like potato chips. You can't just visit one. I'm sorry. You can't do it. Uh, the Libra in me is trying to find the best of both worlds. And while it sounds appealing to just relax and go to one park, I, I think that that may be underdoing it. Um, four parks in one day, however, might be a little much. So maybe if if it was me, I might try hitting two. So many of the rides he's talking about seem to be split between Epcot and Hollywood Studios, right? Because we're looking at uh, yeah, Splash Mountain. Zoran, I mean, how do, how do you not ride Splash Mountain? Rocket. Well, you you can. I could give up Splash Mountain for Tower of Terror. Oh, I'm gonna get in so much trouble for that, aren't I? <laughs> um, <laughs> but if if you had you know only one day and you want to hit some of the some of the um, some of the e tickets that you really want to do that you've never done before, if you're looking at Soren Test Track, Rock and Roller Coaster, Tower of Terror, you hit four right there between the two parks. So. I might say, especially if one has extra magic hours early or late, you could probably do two parks, still relax, see some of the places that you want to to go revisit the nostalgia, but also hit some of the e-ticket attractions you've never done. Yeah, and look, Bill, if you listen to the show, you know I'm all about not rushing and taking your time and appreciating everything. And, and as a solo traveler, you have the opportunity to go at your own pace and you know take in some of the details. But in this case, I'm going to tell you, that what I would probably do is hopefully either Epcot or the studios has early morning extra magic hours. You knock out Roller Coaster, Tower Terror. Obviously, you haven't done Midway Mania. Hit those three, soar and test track, and then I'd make my way over to the Magic Kingdom and try and get on Splash and the, the redone Space Mountain. And again, hopefully your, your the planets will align and all the extra magic hours and, and your timetable will work out so you can at least hit those three Unfortunately, you'll lose out on Expedition Everest, but that's going to give you a reason to come back. Yeah, exactly. And I, I will disagree with you, though, on trying to run over to do Splash and, and uh, Space Mountain. I think that those would be the, the last of the priorities, because if you're looking for some of the things with the big wows, I really think that Soren and Rock and Roller Coaster and Tower of Terror are going to give those two. Interesting. I know. Well, we don't always agree. But if Bill's going to go hardcore, he can knock out those four with hours to spare. No yeah, problem. That's you true, especially by yourself, because you don't have, uh, you, you can, you know, go at your own pace and work your way through that park pretty quickly if you do want to speed it up. 
And Bill, have you tried the third pound Angus Deluxe Burger over at Pake? I mean, as long as you're by Splash Mountain, you grab it. Anyway. Yeah, and if you're, gonna do, if you're going to do Tower of Terror, stop at Starring Rolls and get a Butterfinger Cupcake. But moving on. Don't even. Don't even. Just, don't even go there. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. I have legs forever. Tristan yeah. says, Lou, we are headed to Walt Disney World for my birthday. And I was wondering if you had any information about the birthday Fast Pass card. I'm an avid Fast Pass collector. And was curious if the printed ticket had something to do with what would you celebrate theme, or is it just a plain old fast pass? I also want to know if you knew any way to get a couple of plain fast passes for attractions like Stitches, Mickey's, Philhar Magic, Honey, I Shrunk the Audience, Not Anymore, and Primeval Whirl. These passes are missing from my collection. I've tried everything short of getting on my knees and begging the cast members outside, which sometimes does work. Thanks for any light you can shed on this. Thank you for continuing to have the... oh. The greatest podcast on iTunes. Well, thank you, Tristan. Um, so, so our question is not about the birthday card, the exchange card that you get for maybe the give a day celebration, but the actual fast passes that come out. Are they marked any differently than the regular fast passes? And you know what? I know, as you just said, the exchange card was. I know that that had the birthday information on it, but honestly, I'm not sure about the actual fast passes. Have you seen them? Uh, my understanding is that they are regular fast passes. Okay. Um, there, there is no special distinction that this is, hey, your birthday fast pass it, uh, use it accordingly. Um, that being said, there are sometimes, believe it or not, Tristan, you can go over and say, look, I'm a fast pass collector. I'm not trying to sneak onto Peter Pan's flight. Talk to a cast member. Can I just have a fast pass for my collection? They might give you one that's expired. They might give you one that's for very late in the night. But if you explain it to them, you might not have to actually get on your hands and knees and beg uh, on the hot pavement in front of <laughs> Stitch's Great Escape. So Probably sound advice there. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> All right, let's move over to Baltimore, Maryland. And Mark Shelby says, hey, Lou, been a longtime listener for two years, ever since Mouse Tunes. Wow. And I appreciate how well you report the happenings at Walt Disney World with an objective and positive approach. Thank you, Mark. I still can't figure out why you haven't packed up the family and moved to Orlando by now. Anyway... Thanks for all you do. But my question is this. I'm an avid cyclist, bicycles, and I've always thought it would be cool to ride a bike all over Disney property, visiting all that it has to offer, on stage and backstage. I can see not riding on their highway system, but the back roads are ideal. Do you know what Disney's policy is for riding bicycles on their road systems? Thanks again for the show. Mark from Baltimore. Wow. Um, you know what? I don't know if there's any policies, correct me if I'm wrong, but of course there are some areas that are, are more highway situated, which you would not want to for, you know, fear of being run over um, <laughs> to have a, a, a bicycle out on some of those roadways. But even the back road areas seem like they would be a bit narrow, don't you think? Yeah. I mean, certainly you want to stay off, you know, World Drive and, and Buenos yeah. Drive. I know there are biking trails um there's a real nice biking trail between fort wilderness and wilderness lodge it's like three quarters of a mile um there's other trails by caribbean beach and coronado backstage areas you're not going to get backstage whether you're on a bike foot right moped vespa whatever it might be <laughs> um, but as far as traveling on the road system I've never actually seen a bicycle there, nor could I find any sort of written policy as to, hey, you can take your little Schwinn and, and pedal on down to the Magic Kingdom. Where right. would you park? Where would you park your bike? That's a great question. <laughs> <laughs> Out front of the ticket transportation centers or something, I was trying to rack my brain and I just don't, I'm not coming up with anything. So it sounds like sticking with the biking trails, which most most of the resorts have some sort of 
biking trail to ride somewhere. Um, but I, the the standard road systems, I just don't think it's going to be highly recommended. Yeah, I would. I mean, for your own safety and the safety yeah. of the other drivers, I would probably try and, and stay off those roads. Uh, I understand it would probably give you a, a unique vantage point, but uh, look, you could take mad. You can take the Disney bus system and not sweat as much. So and still get there. You go. Positive spin. All right, let's go over to Melissa Waterman, who says, I've been listening for about six months, really enjoying the show. Love the show. Oh, speaking of, on Magical Express, even though I'm not staying on property, but it is such great practical advice. But her question is this. Her family and she participated in the give-a-day, get-a-Disney Day promotion, and they plan on using it for fast passes. Can you tell me if the, fastes, if the passes you receive through this program entitle you to immediately get on the ride or do you still have to stand in the fast pass queue? I'd love to hear a show on fast passes, as you mentioned in the last show, to help me clear up all of my questions about the system. Haven't been in 10 years and out of the loop. Thanks and keep up the fa- fantastic work, Melissa Waterman. So she wants to know for the give a day exchange card, are these sort of golden ticket front of the line fast passes? Nope. Unfortunately, from what I understand, it just dumps you right into the regular old fast pass queue. That's my understanding as well. Yeah. Um, there really is no golden fast pass, I, you know, that guests are able to get. So, um, yep. I, you know, I applaud you for volunteering and it would be great to get sort of a, a reward like that, but they, but they don't exist, unfortunately. Yeah. And, but I like her idea about doing a show on fast passes because it really is still one of those somewhat confusing aspects of, of visiting Walt Disney World and, and, of course, Disneyland. So that might be a, a topic for later. Yeah, we could definitely, and then even specifically about the give-a-day passes, because people mm-hmm. don't realize what they're getting. You get a special exchange card for certain, only certain attractions, and you can take up to five members of your party. and th- So there are right. rules and restrictions for the use of those passes as well. So yeah, we, we can definitely do that. Uh, let's move over to Tennessee, where Bruce's question is, I need help figuring out what's the best way to go concerning my soon-to-be-expiring annual pass. My family of four, get at your abacus, broken or not, has had Florida resident seasonal passes for the past six years. We recently moved out of state, so unfortunately we'll not be able to renew our passes. When I started researching the cost for a regular annual pass, I noticed there's a pretty big difference in cost for four non-resident APs versus four seasonal passes. Right. We plan on continuing to take at least one week-long trip to Disney every year. I've always loved the extra benefits and discounts from having our passes, but almost $2,000 for new passes doesn't really make sense to me since we're not guaranteed to be down more than once per year. I was wondering, though, would it make sense to get one annual pass, I like how you're thinking, so we can still have access to dining, room, and merchandise discounts, parking, etc.? If I'm booking a vacation through some reputable company, such as Mouse Fan Travel, he inserts, for example. Oh, I like is it, this guy. Oh, stop it. Is it possible to book <laughs> a package so that only three of us have park admission tied to our room keys? Or would we all have to be on the same package with us just using the annual pass for discounts and not park admission? I know that sometimes the AP room discounts are better than package prices. And at other times, when package deals like free dining come around, that can be the better than the AP room rate. How hard is it for my travel planner to make sure I'm getting the best deal? My God, he's setting you up with the softball with new <laughs> offers coming out all the time. Thanks for any advice, Bruce in Tennessee, also known as Becky's best friend. 
Oh, no doubt. Swing and to the fences. It's out of here. Abacus might be broken, but you know, this, there's all kinds of ways to dissect this. And this is what we do every day. Oh, especially this commercial with- is brought to you by any <laughs> Seriously. It's, it's, we have so many people who are in it, you know, going back to what I said earlier about DVC there, there's so many ways that you can book a, a vacation with Disney. And there's so many different um, discounts between DVC discounts or, uh, AP discounts and room discounts and free dining discounts and all the pin codes that are out there. So to answer that 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 really nice soft pitch that you just sent to me, a travel planner, a really good one who knows what they're doing and knows all of the different resources to find the different codes can very easily go through and find the best deal of the new offers that are coming out. And the very best ones also will apply those discounts um, even after the fact. So you're essentially price protected if, of course, Disney will allow and you do qualify. So now let me get out my broken abacus because (laughs) getting back to the initial question, um, packages require everyone to be on the same ticket. So if you're looking for a package discount, don't go for the AP. But honestly, in this case, since you are planning to go every year, getting one AP may not be a bad idea, especially if you're going to have 10 days because it starts making sense. That way you can do AP discounts so you can book your room-only discount and then buy the other tickets as you need them. That will also give you access to having like a Tables of Wonderland card that will give you the dining um, discounts as well. And frankly, we just got through a, um, a free dining promotion that had that against AP room rates. And even though you get free dining, those room rates are usually rack rate plus free dining. The AP room rate is a room discount. And then you add the discount for the Tables of Wonderland, you start doing the math. And depending on how long you're going to be there, an AP starts making sense. Yeah, and and again, not to continue to, to let you run around the bases a few more times, but this oh, is on. where this <laughs> is where a Disney specialized travel planner like MEI and Mouse Train Travel. And look, Becky, this is why honestly I have you come on because this is where a travel planner becomes so valuable because it is very overwhelming and confusing yeah. trying to figure out, you know, which one do I get? Long term benefits, short term benefits, you know, prices, whatnot. You'll have somebody that can do it for you, do it for free because you don't charge any sort of service over the just the cost of what uh, you'd get from Disney. But you'll get Correct. the discounts that are available. You'll get the best sort of advice for you and your family to sort of get the most out of your tickets. Again, long term and short term. Exactly. And Disney marketing is really good. They know how to put out those taglines to make you your ears perk up and say, oh my gosh, I need to book this package. A great example is when free dining came out alongside of a 40% off room promotion recently. And a lot of people came right to us and said, well, I had this 40% off room, but now I can get free dining. So I'd rather have this package. Well, we started doing the math and it is a case by case basis because it depends on the resort you're staying at, how many nights you're going to be there, what other pin codes you might have available to you. But many times the 40% off room rate, then adding the dining plan was actually several hundred dollars less than the package with free dining. So it really is important to find someone that you trust that will sit with you and give you the time to go through all of the different codes that are available to you to find the best deal for you. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, And listen, 
I think um, I think there's no better way to end this segment than telling you that it is brought to you by MEI <laughs> and Mouse Fan Travel. And again, Becky, this is this is I think why you're so valuable to these segments to uh, help listeners out with these kind of questions and sort of help them wade through what can be very confusing ticket options and verbiage and, and pricing and things like that. And and to us as well, it's always a, it's always an adventure <laughs> when you're booking with Disney. That's for sure. And there's always so many great options, and we love to help make the magic. So thank you so much for having me on because I really do enjoy um, working this through with your listeners. Awesome. Keep those questions coming. You can email me at Lou at wdwradio.com. Again, anything and everything from vacation planning to history to trivia to yes, even dining recommendations. We will um, we will take out our broken abacai and, and do the math. <laughs> So Becky Mankin from Emmy on Mouse Fan Travel, thanks once again. Anytime, Lou. And hey, by the way, what is that sushi restaurant again that you want me to make that rosette? You know, how many months, years, really, have we been doing this? You still haven't come up with a, with a tagline. Oh, Nothing. you know, I'm still work. Again, it's, it's, a, it's a work in progress. I am a work in progress. <laughs> you sure are. <laughs> <laughs> That's going to do it for this week's show. Thanks so much for taking the time and tuning in this and every week. Thanks also to everybody who sent in a listener question. If you have a question you want to hear me answer on the show, you can email me at lou at wdwradio.com. Or if you want to be heard on the air, you can call in with your question, your comments, even a hello from the park by calling toll-free 888-703-2171. Thanks also to my special guest, partner and friend becky mankin she is from mei and mouse fan travel they are my official and recommended travel provider for all your vacation planning needs walt disney world disneyland adventures by disney and of course the disney cruise line you can go and visit them over at mousefantravel.com as long as i'm thanking people i want to say big thanks to everybody who came by wdw radio live this past saturday night We did a video broadcast and chat for five-plus hours into the wee hours of the night. Had a great time talking Disney with you guys and so much more. I have another one, a special one, coming up in August. Stay tuned this week for an announcement exactly what and when that is going to be. The best way to find out when these are going to be, because sometimes I'll do them relatively spur of the moment, is by following me over on Twitter.com slash LouMangelo or at Facebook.com slash WDWRadio. Speaking of Facebook, if you have sent me a friend request, just want to remind you, I am certainly not ignoring you. I've unfortunately reached my Facebook-imposed 5,000 friend limit, so I cannot reply to your friend request. I ask you to go over, go like the WDW Radio page at Facebook.com slash WDW Radio. I post all of my tweets and updates there as well. If you are a new listener to the show, let me first welcome you to the WDW Radio family. And second, invite you to go back and listen to older episodes of the show. You can find our entire archive in iTunes or on the site over at WDWRadio.com. Just click on the podcast link for an entire list of all of our past shows. While you're there, also check out our discussion forums where you can come in, become a member, and talk about anything Disney. They're fun and they are free, as well as our photo galleries, the new daily blog posts, 
Shop in the store where you can get my audio guides to Walt Disney World on CD and download, as well as signed copies of my Walt Disney World trivia books. You can also download our free WDW Radio iPhone application. Again, this and so much more right on the site at WDWRadio.com. While you're there, if you have a question or a comment about this or any show, remember you can always post in the comments on each episode's show notes. Let's talk about some upcoming events because I love the opportunity to meet you guys and have a chance for all of you to meet each other as well. A lot of stuff coming up in the next couple of months. Every month, I do a meet of the month in Walt Disney World. August is probably going to be Sunday, August 29th, early in the day. Stay tuned to the show and the site for more information. August 14th, just two weeks away, is the Pacific Northwest Mouse Meet. So if you're going to be in the Linwood, Washington area, come by for a full day of lots of fun, lots of surprises, including Disney legends Bob Gurr and Margaret Kerry, author and historian Jeff Curdy, other presentations, pin trading, pin sellers, attraction vehicle photo opportunities, Disney out of vendors, trivia challenges, fan displays, an auction for charity, and so, so much more. I will also be broadcasting live video and chat from the Pacific Northwest Mouse Meet all day, Saturday, August 14th, beginning around 11 a.m. Pacific. Again, stay tuned to WDW Radio Live and or Twitter and Facebook to find out exactly when we'll be kicking that day off with the live broadcast. In September, D23 is holding Destination D in Disneyland from September 24th through the 25th. I will be there attending the event, and also, we are going to be holding a special event the night before Destination D begins. Figure you're going to get to Disneyland hopefully on Thursday. Want to see World of Color? We have a private World of Color dessert party on Thursday night, September 23rd. What that includes is a private reserved viewing area for World of Color, so you don't have to get up in the morning and get your Fast Pass and get online later on. And afterwards, we have a terrace dessert party over at the Golden Vine Winery. Now, this is going to be open to everybody, but if you book your package with Mouse Fan Travel, who has a special rate and uh, at the Disneyland Resort Hotel starting at one seventy-five per night, that's where all the Destination D events are going to be. If you book a package through Mouse Fan, you get first crack at the very limited number of tickets to the event because the viewing area is relatively small. After that, we will open it up to everybody else. Stay tuned to the website as well as Mouse Fan Travel's website to find out how to book your tickets. In addition to the special event for World of Color, I will be holding at least one or more meets during Destination D. As soon as I have a better idea of what the Destination D schedule is going to be, I'll post those, I'll put them on Facebook and Twitter, as well as on the Meet of the Month page at www.radio.com. This is where we have a chance to hopefully get together, if you're out there, even enjoy and experience some of the Destination D events together. In October, it is the Food and Wine Festival, really looking forward to that, as well as our annual Walkabout, which is where we walk the promenade, record a segment for the show as we sample all the food and beverages from each of the kiosks and pavilions. Should be a lot of fun. That's going to be Friday afternoon into the evening, October 1st, which, by the way, is Walt Disney World's birthday. Uh, You can find out more about that over at meetofthemonth.com. And I will be doing a meet as well, in addition to the walkabout, probably doing a meet on Saturday. Again, stay tuned for exact details as far as time and location. October is a busy month because Congaloosh is the week after. That is from October 8th through the 10th. That is a full weekend that includes everything from 
exclusive tours with Jim Corcus, and you've heard him on the show. Jim Corcus is phenomenal storyteller, an even better tour guide. There's dinner and a show with the Adventurers Club cast on the stage of the Indiana Jones Epic Stunt Spectacular, a banquet, a Q&A with the Adventurers Club cast. I'll be giving a couple of tours, including the Jungle Cruise and another one on Sunday. Plenty of surprises that they have in store as well. Come by, join the WDW Radio Explorers Tribe, and join us for Congaloosh 2010. For more information, visit meetofthemonth.com, or you can go right to congaloosh.org. And of course, what we are still counting down the days to is the WDW Radio Cruise on the all-new Disney Dream, February 27th, 2011. If you have a question about this cruise, about the dream, about Disney Cruise Line in general, a link in the show notes to a blog post I made. We're going to be fielding questions via the comment section. I'm going to be doing a full show about the Disney Cruise Line and our dream cruise. So if you have a question, post it there. We'll answer on the show. I'll also be doing a live call, uh, a live video broadcast and chat where you can ask your questions as well. Don't forget, there's still one more week that you can play last week's trivia contest. I asked you some trivia questions about Walt Disney World. You have one more week until August 7th to get your answers in. Also, if you want a chance for me to call you up and play Listener Factor Fiction, email me at lou at wdwradio.com. Include your name and your phone number. And who knows, next time your phone rings, it might be me asking you to test your knowledge of Walt Disney World for a chance to win some prizes. Thanks to everybody who's letting me know how much you're enjoying the latest issue of Celebrations Magazine. To subscribe, to find out more, get back issues, you can visit celebrationspress.com. We're also always looking for contributors, whether it's an article, a letter to the editor, a photo, a story, or an article idea that you want to share. You can go and send us an email right there or email me at lou at wdwradio.com. Also, we are about to publish a new article all about Vinylmations. So if you are a Vinylmation collector, even if you have one Vinylmation, if you're a custom Vinylmation creator, we're looking for your photos. You have a week or two to send your photos in to me at lou at wdwradio.com, possibly have them published in the magazine. Again, individual creations that you've made, show us your favorites, your entire collection, or even just how you display your Vinylmations. Again, you can email me at lou at wdwradio.com. I know I am probably forgetting something, but that's okay because the most important thing I want to do is say thank you to all of you again for joining me this and every week, for coming by WDW Radio Live, for following me on Twitter and on Facebook, for coming to the Meet of the Month. I I can't tell you how much it means to me and how much I enjoy doing what I do and being able to share it with you. So thank you for giving me that opportunity to come in and bring a little Disney magic to you each and every week. If you like the show... All I ask is that you go out and please help spread the word. Post about it on other communities and forums. Tweet out that you're listening or share the link on Facebook and come by. Please review the show over on iTunes. And of course, my friends, remember to find your passion and pursue it and take those first steps towards following your dream because life is way too short. And most of all, I hope that you have a very, very happy and truly magical week this week. See ya. Lou, hey, this is Jamie Hecker calling. I wanted to let you know that I just finished listening to episode 179 uh, with Jim Corcus. My gosh, this man is just Disney gold. Please, please keep 
the episodes coming with Jim. We hope you've got a lot more future episodes with him. Uh, it's just a delight to listen to him and his institutional memory and knowledge of all things Disney. Keep them coming, and we'll see you real soon. Bye. Monday, I guess, and um, I just wanted to see how everything was going. I hope everybody out there out there is doing well, and I just wanted to tell you that I'm I'm really enjoying the past um couple segments. I really especially um enjoyed the past one um well both of the two past ones with um Jim Corcus um and the connections to Disneyland, especially when he read off um that eight page little pamphlet that uh, Walt sent with Roy. Um, I thought that was incredible what he was saying um and i would definitely have bought a miniature horse um through the mail i know i would have done that so um i just wanted to say that um keep it up and um just about to download the next show and um remember everybody if we can dream it we can do it see ya hi Lou. this is katie and i'm really excited to meet you at the food and wine walkabout I just wanted to know if I should spend all the money I'd saved at the food booth or if I should buy souvenirs too. I'm 11 years old and I've saved about $150. I'll also have five snack credits. I'm looking forward to hearing your opinion. Bye! There's a great big beautiful tomorrow Shining at the end of every day there's a great big beautiful tomorrow, and tomorrow is just a dream away. Man has a dream, and that star, he follows his dream with mind and heart. And when it becomes a reality, it's a dream come true for you and me. So there's a great big beautiful tomorrow. Shining at the end of every day, there's a great big beautiful tomorrow, just a dream away. Hey Lou, this is Randy from Shawnee, Kansas. Yeah, I'm not sure if you remember, but back in February I had called you, left a message about, um, I'd been in the hospital for a couple of weeks, basically it was uh, some leg problems I was having, and I called you and let you know how much I enjoyed your magazine, how it was helping me through the nights and helping me through the days, um, the Celebration magazine. So anyway, I just wanted to call and give you a follow-up. I real, first of all, I still enjoy magazines, but um, I've been out of hospital for a few months now, and it's actually getting better. So it looks like we're probably headed out sometime in 2011. But I just want to call and, again, thank you very much for the Celebration magazine and your podcast. They helped me through quite a bit. 
Um, they always made me smile whenever whenever feeling down. I could look at the pictures and read the articles. But thanks a lot, and you know, again, I want to tell all you listeners out there, you know, take care of yourselves because you know you just never know what's going to happen day to day. And you know, you, you, whatever you have to do to get better, do it. Uh, whether it's your life, whether it's physical, mental, keep working, keep going. Everything, you know, life is too short not to enjoy it. Anyway, have a great day, Lou. Everybody, have a great day. Um, have a magical day. Talk to you later, Lou. Bye. Hey, Lou. It's your favorite redhead. Okay, well, maybe one of your favorite redheads. I'm just calling to say happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Lou. Happy birthday to you. Bye. Don't tell him, Carlos. Don't be chicken.